It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, you're listening to The Future of Media Explained. With me, Press Gazette Editor-in-Chief, Dominic Ponsford. And this week, we've got a special year-end edition in which the Press Gazette team is going to discuss what we learned in 2022 and what's happening next. That was actually pretty satisfying. That was the sound of a bottle of sparkling wine being opened. Not champagne, but certainly not the cheapest wine in the shop either, which I think signifies the sort of year it's been. So... As I pour the champagne, or the sparkling wine, I'm going to go around the Press Gazette team and ask all of them to tell me what they learned this year. Hopefully something useful. And what we think about the challenges of 2023 look like for our readers, for news leaders, leaders of the news media industry. So, I'm going to start with Will Turville, who is our Associate Editor of Investigations. And big interviews. Will. Hi, Dom. How's 2022 been for you? What do you think? I've learned a lot. Good. Are you just talking about work or in general? 2022 has been quite a big year for me. Moved back from Canada to the UK. Is that what you want? The readers aren't interested. Okay. The listeners aren't interested in that, Will. Okay. They want to, but they, well, they are a little bit. Oh, they're, okay. They're mainly what's interested in that big brain of yours. Ah, thank you. Yeah, my big takeaway or big learning of this year, that is the first time I've ever used the word learning and I would never write it down in an article. But my big learning was that news avoidance is a big thing and it's a big problem for the news industry. So I think when this really came home for me was during Nick Newman's speech at the Future Media Technology Awards, which was an excellent day and loads of positivity about the news industry that day, but I was really quite interested by what Nick Newman was saying about news avoidance and some of the statistics that he had from the Reuters Institute were pretty shocking. So in the UK, just to focus on the UK, he said that 46% of people in the UK now sometimes or always actively avoid the news, which is up from 24% in 2017. And personally as well it's maybe since then i've started to notice this in my personal life as well i've got friends who tell me that they avoid the news because there's so much of it it's too negative there's too much focus on negative things 
it's not so much my friends perhaps they wouldn't say this to me but for, I think untrustworthiness is, is a big issue as well for an awful minute there Will I thought you were going to say personally you've stopped read, watching the yeah, news yeah I, I thought that's what it was sounding like <laughs> as I was saying it but yeah no I, I love the news <laughs> especially Press Gazette news but all news no but yeah quite a few friends now just tell me ah I've fed up with the news I try to avoid it so yeah I'm not surprised by the figures in that context but I think that's a big big problem big issue for the news industry to solve in 2023 okay I'll come back to you for your uh, challenges for next year but let's let's speak to Charlotte next UK editor Charlotte happy Christmas cheers (laughs) cheers so what's been what's been your big thing you've learned this year so I would say something that's been quite exciting is it seems that publishers are doing a better job of reaching Gen Z or at least experimenting in that area. TikTok, this time last year, we were writing about how hardly any publishers were on TikTok. There was the odd journalist who was doing a really good job at it, but no publisher was really stuck in with a page for their brand. But now it's completely gone the other way. There was a Reuters Institute report the other week that's found that 81% of publishers in the UK now are on TikTok and a lot of them have either joined in the past year or really doubled down on it in the last year. And this how to reach young audience question has been a big one for years. It feels we're just finding better ways of doing it finally. And two examples is you've got Kamal Ahmed's and Will Lewis's The News Movement, which has launched about a year ago, but officially more recently. And that's all social first and then doing a similar thing. Reach, which is the biggest commercial publisher in the UK, has just launched its own social first thing called Curiously, which is a real first for Reach. Previously, all of its things have been websites aimed at different, maybe a regional or a specialist audience, whereas now it's it's trying social first. It's really just trying to figure out what works for that audience and then maybe it will use those lessons elsewhere. And some of these brands are using people less from a non-traditional journalist background and going to people that have already figured out how to be a content creator on Instagram or YouTube or something. And I hesitate to use the word influencer, but something more of that and then use lessons from that to reach younger audiences and that also ties in with Will's point about news avoidance because obviously you want to get those people engaged and it doesn't always have to be hard news but maybe that's part of the mix so I think just looking ahead from that is I think it's going to be quite an exciting next year to see where all of those elements go hang on though we'll do challenges next that wasn't a challenge though okay just stay in the past the one of Christmas future after we've done Christmas past. Well, the ghost of Christmas future is the scary one in yeah. Christmas Carol. <laughs> so. Very good. <laughs> Lastly, we'll come to you, Bron. Bron Maha, Mayor. How would you pronounce it nowadays? Either will do, you know. I, I go back and forth depending on the audience and what I think will be most suitable for their aptitude. But you've been with us a year now, Bron. Long enough to know some things what do you what have you learned in your year with press gazette yes indeed well you know uh, a story that has been continuing and indeed ramping up across the past year is cuts thankfully not to me as yet but yeah i think a big theme especially in the past few months we did a story actually last week i think which showed that basically a little of the cuts that have happened in the past year to editorial headcount a quarter had come in the last, or in the month preceding the article, and a half had come in the, ooh, I think maybe the three months preceding, as 
ad spend shrinks, a lot of publishers either reacting to what they're currently seeing or what they're anticipating are just cutting back on the number of staff they have. And we are maybe seeing this most starkly at the places which had been gearing up for big expansions. Probably the most dramatic example of that is CNN Plus, which was canned shortly after launching, very shortly after launching, with quite a fair few roles in the course. But then there are also places that have been just making cuts. 22, hasn't it? has been a year that's started reasonably well, but then we had Ukraine happen fairly quickly and I think since then it's got progressively a bit more scary although the world didn't actually end so that was one good thing no that is good and provided some good news lines at the very least <laughs> yeah it's been yeah it's been lots of news Dom what's your biggest learning of the past year you must have loads you talk to everyone well Yes, indeed, Charlotte. I do know many things. <laughs> That's true. I will start this with a quick quiz question for you all. What is the biggest media company in the UK? By? Turnover. Oh. I've got it. Informer. No. No, 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 okay, no, we've no. We've got to all go with one, right? Well done, Will. Relx. Well done, Will. Ah. Or Relex. I don't know how you pronounce it. <laughs> well, I'm glad I left that to you. Yeah, well, let's just call it the company formerly known as Reed Elsevier. Well done, Will. Yes, the I'll top up, I'll top up your, your sparkling wine for that. Thanks. Very good. That was your so, one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so that was my intro to the fact that B2B is back. So B2B has bounced back in 2022. And yeah, the biggest media company in the UK with revenue of £7.2 billion is Relex or R-E-L-X or Rolx or whatever, I don't know how they want to pronounce it which is they've got LexisNexis the States Gazette and a bunch of business and data information things so much bigger than anyone else and their market cap uh, is £44 billion which is about the same as it was a year ago which is an amazing achievement if you think that Reach which is the biggest consumer publisher in the UK by audience is worth a third now of what it was a year ago. It's worth about three hundred million pounds. So it's a tiny, minuscule minnow in terms of market cap compared to Relex. So yeah, that's my big learning for twenty twenty two. It's the year in which B two B bounced back. It's probably always been the biggest part of the media by revenue, and this year it's really bounced back. And a, a couple of other things that make that underline that for me was the fact that Lloyd's List which covers just one narrow vertical, the shipping industry, was sold by Informa for £385 million. And Industry Dive, which was launched 10 years ago and covers a bunch of verticals as a free-to-air B2B website, it was bought by Informa for £323 million. So, yes, my big learning or my big remembering was B2B's big. It's going to be bigger next year, I reckon. Well, that's very happy news for us, considering we are a B2B publisher. Happy days indeed. Do you have any news to share about how Press Gazette's fitting into that? Well, Charlotte, the good news is, I'd say 2022 has been not quite as good a year as we hoped it would be. Things slowed down a bit as we got towards the end of the year. But nonetheless, it's been our best year overall in terms of turnover since the mid-2000s when we had a print edition, buckets of classified advertising. It was a whole different world. And then for us, it's been events, bounce back in a big way, post-pandemic, 
Future Media Technology Conference, Future Media Awards, the British Journalism Awards last week, and our Marketing Solutions Division, headed by the redoubtable Richard Jameson. And that's really sort of old-fashioned, saying we've got a valuable audience and we'll connect you with them if you've got a content management system or some bit of tech or some service. If you want to reach the publishing industry, we've got a really influential audience and people are paying reasonable amount of money to reach that. So, yes, there's a the little PR bit for Press Gazette. So it's been a good year for Press Gazette, although, yeah, it's definitely slowed down a little bit as we got towards the end, which I think everyone or nearly everyone has probably found that. Yeah, still lots and lots for us to be pleased about. Uh, yeah, well done. That's Yeah, exactly. So, well done all. Trebles all round. Yeah, ne- <laughs> next year, maybe we'll have champagne proper. <laughs> well, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Will. Okay. Hi, I'm Anoush, and I host the New Statesman podcast. Twice a week, we get under the skin of Westminster to help understand what's going on and what's going to happen next. We interview politicians, policymakers and people on the front line to get you the full story behind the headlines. Plus hear from our award-winning editorial team, including political editor Andrew Marr, to get to the bottom of what on earth is happening. Listen to the New Statesman podcast. You can subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. And I think the big challenge is I'm going to take the obvious one, which is the sort of revenue being down, the uncertainty in the economy, the macroeconomic picture looking a bit gloomy, and the fact that the sort of budgets are cut in the in the year ahead, which I think you can't ignore. I would say I think it's going to be a short-term thing. I think things are going to bounce back. It's going to bottom out. And I think everyone needs to be ready for... A recovery in the second half of the year and the best way to get ready for a recovery is to invest and have a really good product so that's my advice easier said than done but be brave proprietors and ceos don't react to a downturn by um cutting everything and making your product less good because then no one will want to buy it once you want things look good again I think that's a very good point. And may I go next? Because mine very much links, which is... You were looking at me a bit like I'm, I'd stolen your idea a bit then. It, they overlap. You okay. haven't stolen it. But you've mentioned the wider economy. Obviously, within that, there's, in particular for consumers, the cost of living crisis. Subscription publishers in particular might be getting worried. It kind of mirrors. There's been a lot of talk about streaming platforms and Disney Plus versus Netflix versus Amazon. And would people have all of them? It could be the same with news publishers and would everyone keep all of their different subscription news publishers obviously a lot of them are premium brands so in a way maybe they're not affected in the same way but I thought it was worth highlighting that for our end of year predictions piece which should be on Press Gazette when you listen to this podcast Telegraph Media Group CEO Nick Hugh told us he still feels cautiously optimistic because he believes that by continuing to invest in their journalism they'll make sure they're still delivering real value for subscribers so I think basically it's as similar to what you were saying in that if you show that real value and continue to make sure that 
your audience see you as an essential rather than a nice to have, then you shouldn't be as worried, really. That does mean that you have to take a longer term view and continue to invest or you'll immediately dip because people will be like, well, they've just cut that. Why should I pay for it? As a journalist, I definitely endorse that. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely endorse investing in journalism. Will, okay, what's your big challenge for the year ahead? My big challenge is still the news avoidance, which I highlight is an issue before, but is going to be a big challenge for publishers. And I think possibly the way that the publishers that are going to break through this are publishers that can relay news to readers in a calm way. Publishers that prioritise less over more and quality over quantity. And I think... I guess these are learnings from 2022, but some of the companies that I've been most impressed by that I've followed or publishers that I've most impressed by as a reader and just think maybe that's a way of doing it are The Logic in Canada, which has more than 20 staff. I interviewed their chief executive earlier in the year and they, despite having more than 20 staff, they could be doing dozens of stories a day, but instead they put out one or two per day. And that's, to me, that says to readers... I know there's a lot going on in the world at the moment, but if you just read these couple of stories, then you'll be in the know and you'll know a lot. Axios, I think, is very good. So they do a lot of content, but also it's presented in a very simple, balanced way and it's rounded up in newsletters. And I think newsletters are very useful. I think the Times website's great, personally. don't know what others think of that. I know when they launched their, the Times of London, of course, but I don't know what anyone else thought when they launched their edition system many years ago. It was controversial and not very trendy, but I think as a reader, you just go onto the Times website, you look at those stories and you just think, huh. Yeah, that's everything you need to know. And also think podcasts are going to be a quite a good way of doing that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. right for humans rather than the algorithm. Maybe that's the, yeah. maybe that's the resolution. Right, right for humans who haven't got much time rather than an algorithm that's constantly hungry and wants yeah. to be fed. And if you think about it, it's, that's almost back to basics for some because it's like a newspaper. A newspaper just says, Here are si- here's 60 pages, this is what you need to know. And if you can make your way through this, then you're well set up for the day. Same as TV news bulletins, half an hour, this is what you need to know, rather than just pumping out lots and lots of information and people getting lost as to what's significant and what's uh, not. I agree with you. I agree with you about the Times. It is something very satisfying about it being finished. But there's also something very satisfying about scrolling through that Mail Online homepage, isn't there? And just like, funny, what you're going to find next as you delve through it. Yeah, it's an addiction. One is much less of a time suck than the other. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Bron? I would say that the big challenge I see for the next year is thankfully one that's already hopefully being risen to. I already spoke about the cuts being made, but there were a few launches that happened last year, or over the last year, I should say. For example, we got most perhaps notably within the media sphere. We saw Semaphore launch with about 60 staff. We've seen Pink News say that they... We're looking to hire at the end of the year about 15 to 20 people and then more bombastically a further 100 next year, they say. And it's interesting to watch all of these outlets more slowly than maybe happened at the end of 2021 start saying we're going to hire this many people in a very targeted way. You've got like Bloomberg's going into London saying we're going to hire 17 new people. You've got the opposite direction. You've got Reach saying that we're going to hire 100 people for our US sites. And I'm pretty keen to see whether any of them can make it work amid what everyone else in the media has identified as a downturn. Yeah, the news movement as well, 50-odd people. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. challenge for the new things launching. But there's always good things launching downturns, aren't there? So, look, thanks, everyone. As we finish our sparkling wine, not from the Champagne region, but from the Loire, which is a good region, isn't it? It's solid. Excellent Um, region. (laughs) 
I'm going to ask you each to share your Christmas wish and New Year's resolution. Ha ha ha. Caught Sh- Charlotte out. Charlotte, Charlotte. <laughs> this was mentioned while you were making a cup of tea. <laughs> So, we'll let I, your, your, I had my priorities yeah, straight. So let's, let Charlotte go first. I can go first if you want. If you want um, yes, please Give you will. some time. My wish, and it relates to what Bron was saying, actually, which is why I think I should go first. My wish is that the UK gets lots more lively startups, as has happened in the US, where there are loads of really interesting startup news companies that are hiring lots of people, creating lots of new opportunities and getting new readers. And as part of that wish, I also hope that people, readers, take them seriously. So I think in the UK at the moment, we've got some really promising new companies, Tortoise, Unheard, Pink News, the news movement, but I think there's room for lots more. Bron. Let's say my Christmas wish is that uh, as ad money trickles away, news publishers manage to build up its build up their subscription revenue through quality journalism. A New Year's resolution, and I'd say my New Year's resolution it would have been to remember to start updating the quote of the day every day on the website, but the website no longer features a quote of the day feature. You know what? Maybe I'm just ready, and I don't need to change a single thing for next year. Yeah. I missed my New Year's resolution, but I did mention it in last week's podcast, which is my New Year's resolution may be to start waking up at 5am, inspired by Mark Kleinman, Piers Morgan. I don't know. I think maybe men of a certain age just wake up early for other reasons, but I don't know. That's maybe, I'm speaking, maybe I'm oversharing there, Will. The, um, my New Year's resolution is to worry a bit less and enjoy the ride more. And I think the reason I say that is because I remember getting very worried when the pandemic hit, thinking it was all going to be over. I remember 2008 when the, rece- when the recession happened, getting very worried and thinking, oh my God, it's all going to be over. We're going to all be out of a job in six months' time. And even when Ukraine happened, you think I've learned by now that we're a bit more resilient than that. I mentioned think, at the time thinking, God, this is really bad. Are we going to be around six months' time? So I, I, my, my resolution is to be more resilient when it comes to the things which are thrown at us as an industry, because I think media is buffeted very quickly by whatever happens in the wider world, because advertising is one of the first things to be cut, but then it always does bounce back and it always continues. So I think we good to bear that in mind. I like that, Tom. Thank you. And my Christmas wish is what I wish for every Christmas a more sustainable future for quality news in the digital age. And I think we might get it next year because the the what's the resolution that's going through Parliament? The this is your area. Digital well. Markets. Oh yeah. Digital Markets Act. Oh, I don't know if that's what it's called. Digital Markets and Consumer Bill. Exactly. Can it, the Digital Markets <laughs> Unit is what it's yeah, creating, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's sort of action happening, isn't there, in the UK and elsewhere, after Australia, Canada and maybe UK next, to come up with some sort of more level playing field between the tech giants who've got all the cash and the news organisations that make all the great content. So that's what I'm wishing for. It's a a fairer deal for news publishers. Charlotte? I've got something. Great. My Christmas wish, we haven't touched on them so far. Actually, I think you mentioned them, Will, but podcasts. We heard at our conference in September that we're not in the golden age of podcasts yet. I enjoy listening to news podcasts, but I am quite excited for something fresh, to be honest. I I think I'm quite keen to see what else comes next year. There is still lots of exciting new launches coming. I'm quite up for something else to listen to on my commute and mix it up. Let's see. Will 2023 be the golden age of podcasts? Is it still a way off? We'll have to find out. But 
that's something I'm quite looking forward to. And my New Year's resolution is to spend less time on Twitter, but I think that might be surprisingly easy considering Elon Musk is suspending lots of journalists in the past week or and in general maybe we'll all leave maybe by the time i'm back at work after the christmas break it won't exist who knows but oh i've got i've got a new one i want to be suspended by elon musk that is my (laughs) christmas wish yeah i was going to come in with my actual resolution should be to make a mastodon probably i should say as we're recording this is right after elon musk allegedly got voted off twitter or whatever by the time you hear this will be very out of date but basically we'll all spend less time on twitter anyway regardless okay Great stuff. Thanks, everyone. Congratulations on a great year at Press Gazette. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the podcast this year and reading Press Gazette if you've been reading it. You've been listening to The Future of Media Explained with me, Press Gazette Editor-in-Chief Dominic Ponsford, reporter Ron Mayer, UK editor Charlotte Tobit, and associate editor Will Turville, produced this week, as always this year, by adrian bradley happy christmas everyone happy new year i hope you get a good break and successful 2023 merry christmas merry christmas goodbye everyone planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.